Hi, welcome to Season 2, Episode 7 of the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast. Joining me this week, Bex from Portsmouth. Hello. And making his debut, Mark Stoll from California, although originally Essex. Yeah, that's right. Welcome, Mark. Morning. Right, okay, so um, where should we begin? Um, I mean, the, the, the big news, obviously, the, the big, big, big highlight of the day um, the return of bagels. No, um, the <laughs> not so much with your bagels, Mister Jab. Four-one. I mean, how many of us would have would have said would have said that before the game? Four-one against Man City. Um, I'm on cloud nine at the moment. I don't think anybody would have called that at all. No, at, no, I don't. Where would be your basis for calling a result like that? In all fairness, it was pretty epic to watch. Mm. But I will say. I will say that I posted on the po- on the on the group earlier in the week and said I'm tired of all this negativity about us playing City and everybody expecting us. Oh well, we're probably going to lose to City. I did say that. The the way I see it is White Hart Lane. On our day, we can beat anybody there. Okay, and I know that teams in recent years have had, have, got, have had the tendency to sort of figure out the way we play and they put a lot of men behind the ball, but. When, when the atmosphere in that place is rocking, and it it was at times today, but maybe not so much first half. Um, you know, on our day we can beat anyone, and I think particularly against some of the big boys because they don't come and sit back and get lots of men behind the ball. We can do that, but even so, I mean, yeah, we, we might have gone in predicting a two-one win, for instance, but four-one that's just beyond our wildest dreams. Um, First off, I'll just give my quick quick, quick take. So I was at the match. Um, I was contemplating, believe it or not, this morning whether to, to um, go to White Hart Lane because um, I've got a bit of a sore throat, um, which I've had since after the Arsenal game on Wednesday, and I've been a bit snivelly and, and sort of cold-like. And I just was like, oh, I don't know, do I want to go? Um, it's a lot of money down the drain, and it was too late to give the tickets to somebody else. Um but I was really seriously contemplating whether I should go to White Hart Lane. <laughs> and then I thought, you know what? If I don't, it's going to be one of those games. Um, I also, um, as a side, I had left out Harry Kane from my fantasy football team earlier in the week, um, and knowing, oh. knowing at the time that he'd probably score. And, um, yeah, it was quite a match. I think first half I felt, I don't know, this is sort of my take on the first half. Um, I thought that we were... You know, good going forward. There was that sense of urgency. It wasn't all slow, but we gave the ball away a few times um, carelessly, and you can't do that against City. But at no point did I feel that they were better than us, or even if they were, even if they had their spells, I didn't think that they were. You know, I I felt that if we got our game right, we we could get the measure of them. And I think probably we were worthy of the equaliser just before half time because we were applying a lot of pressure um at that point i wouldn't have called anybody you know as my man of the match but i think second half probably dire i think again he's he's proved that he can do it and i think i said on the last podcast let's see how he fares against one of the big teams uh, and he's done he did really well today but second half i think we stepped it up a gear um and lamella who I've slated on previous podcasts, um, and there was a few questions on, on him that we'll probably look at later on, but um, I thought he was our best player. He, he showed a lot of application second half. He wanted the ball. He showed hunger, desire. His decision-making was good. Um, and I hope that continues that he can do it on a consistent basis. Yep, completely agree. Um, I didn't ever think, think OK, we're 1-0 down here. We go again. You know, it's going to be another 5-0. I thought we were really quite focused 
and that the team it, it still looks like a really coherent team that they are all playing as a team um, so to see us go one up and the timing for that could not have been any more perfect or to, to equalise was fantastic and then of course the second half was just amazing I've scared my neighbours off <laughs> <laughs> shouting at the television again but there you go Mark it must have been an early start for you yeah, I was up at uh, 4.30 in the morning for this, which it has been a bit of a nightmare lately because we've had early games the last three Premier League outings. But yeah, it was an early one and there's nothing worse than getting your ass up early and losing. So, <laughs> But I, I never felt I never felt like we were, we were going to lose today somehow or other. I wasn't that concerned when we went 1-0 down. I mean... There's just a, an added sense of confidence in our defence and watching our defence. They look composed. Even, you know, Aguero got the ball in and around the box today. On the one hand, you on the one hand you could say people were standing off him, but the other on the other hand you could say they weren't diving in. We just seemed to be a lot more composed and it was comfy and like you said, Dyer's goal was perfect. And it just changed from there. And just our movement up front is is just so different now. And we're not we're not predictable. We're changing. We're t- we're being a lot more direct, which everybody want wants us to be. There's a lot more one touch passing going on, quicker movement, and we're not allowing teams to come to us and say, "Oh, you know what? It's Tottenham." Kind of park the bus too banks are for watch them tit about passing around and they won't really do anything and we'll wait for our chances on the break those days days seem to be over finally yeah i think we just had a slow we had a slow start to the season but it's been getting progressively better each game let's let's hope so i mean that's what three three wins on the trot um so we had two clean sheets against um uh, no, three clean sheets, sorry, against Everton, Sunderland and Palace, Palace last week. Um, and then three, three wins on the spin. Um, I've not looked at the table. Um, I've literally just got home. I, I left the ground um, slightly early to, to, to get back to do the podcast. Um, uh, and um, I've not looked at the table. I, I'm just, I, 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 I'm just very excited at the moment and, and, and lost we're, the words. We're up to, we're up to fifth. Right now, I mean, I don't usually pay much attention to the table until there's like, you know, ten games, ten games under the game, gone, yeah, gone, you know. But we're we're up to the fifth. I noticed that this morning. I would like to mention Ali today as well. I know everyone's been raving about him, but you know, I was a little bit nervous looking at the lineup with such a, you know, with a son and. Ericsson and thinking that we had such a and Lamella thinking we had such an attacking lineup and was concerned about Ali like how he likes to make his runs and whether he would sort of stick back and help out Dyer and the bloke was just all over the box to box fantastic again we um okay so I was in my normal regular spot which is in the part lane lower um I don't always have the best vantage point because I'm the lower tier um, so I mean, it's, it's it's interesting what you said about Daniele because I I didn't think he had one of his better games, but um, I, I'm 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 gonna watch some highlights later on. Um, it was it was more of a defensive, you know, more of a less of an attacking midfield hmm. game for him, you know. Um, we better should Labella. Obviously, he had a good game and. <laughs> We had a question from Nick Seal um, who asked, will Lamella ever make it at Spurs? And if you think he will, how long before we really see how good he is? Now, <laughs> um, Perfect timing, Nick. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, look, it, to me... Okay, I, correct, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think we've all been critical of him. Am I right in thinking that, Mark? Oh, yeah, I, yeah. I've... I've I've said for quite a long time he won't make it in English football. Mm. I'll, I'll readily admit that. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I think Bex, you said something similar to me at the Stoke game. Yeah, that that Stoke game was my whole. I can't 
defend him mm. anymore, which I completely ignored. You know, come the next game, I was all, he'll be okay. Yeah. It'll settle. But it is good to see him playing like that because you know he can. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think first half he did, he did okay. There was one chance that he should have buried away, or certainly again, I was right at the other end of, uh, of, of the stadium, so I couldn't tell. But it looked like a sitter to me, um, or he sort of hit it into Rose Ed. But second half he was attacking um, the Park Lane end, and he his decision making was good. He wanted the ball. You know, it's tracking back and stuff, which is not really the qualities that maybe we we paid thirty odd million for him for. But that was all good as well. Um, I just hope he does it on a consistent basis. That's the only thing, you know. It's confidence, isn't it? And it's playing time. It is, and it's also fam- um, familiarity with other players. Now, you might yeah. say that okay, well, he's been here for what just over two years, and other players have have gelled at that time. But you know, some players gel straight away, others take a bit longer um he's now by virtue of the fact that Ericsson was injured for a few games um he's had a few chances in the team um you know he was rested in the middle of the week for for a big big premier league game against against city you know whereas in the past it might have been him playing in the middle of the week or him playing in europa or, or whatever yeah. it may be um so Poch has said right go and show me what you can do and he's had a run off a few games and he's starting to maybe show signs and as lo- I suppose as long as he doesn't have any injuries um, the more he plays the better he'll become hopefully and and hopefully he'll start to um, show you know what he's capable of on a regular basis yeah it just it just went right for him today definitely I mean he, he showed there's been a lot of criticism of him Oh, he's you know he gets knocked off the ball too easy. Well, he was he was pretty damn strong today, and it's definitely a confidence thing I think as well because you know he made it just before he scored. He made a little run across the front of the area, and like I say, his decision making was on point today. And I'm my opinion's changed a little bit. I mean, <laughs> I'm skeptical now. I he's he's he's. I'm moving more in his direction. Let's just say that. But he 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 better because we got other players waiting in the wings That's, that can fill yeah. his spot too. And that you I know? think is, you know, a couple of players have already said that. That's been their push to improve. Walker said it. Danny Rose said it as well. So maybe that that is what it. That's the the incentive for him to play better, to keep his place, and also I think that whole. Is he going to Marseille over the summer or anywhere else, Southampton or anywhere? Maybe it scared him a little bit. If he's not settled at Spurs, there's no saying that he'll settle anywhere else. So he may perhaps have foreseen his career just vanishing. So it may be a number of things that have helped him. Yeah, I mean, he's not just, we think about it as well, he's not just got Townsend to worry about for Mm. competition. We've got quite a few different players that can go fill that spot if we wish yeah. all across the front line absolutely we've got Townsend Chadley and Ericsson but now you've got Son and, and all of these players are different they all bring something different to the team um, and then Clinton um, Nishi Ninja as I call him um, he looked really good second half when he came on um, he was very aggressive very attacking yep and he's got lots of pace and it was it was perfect for him to come on. It really was. I was dying for him to get on the pitch with them, you know, with us doing so well on the counter. I was so happy to see him on the pitch and get a, a proper chance today. And it was just good too because I saw some comments during the week where some people just a couple of people said, uh, "Not impressive him so far," and it's just like, "What a load of bollocks!" The guy's played about thirty-five minutes in three games, and you're writing him off already. He's looked. Every one of our signings has made a pretty damn good start, start to their Tottenham career, as far as I'm concerned. Absolutely. Yeah. And 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 um, well, the Trippier, don't know, has he? Oh, bless him. Okay, he looks okay. <laughs> I don't think he's. Trippier reminds me a bit of Ben Davis in so far as we spent a lot of money bringing in Ben Davis last season, but Rose, all that seemed to do was make Rose the best player. 
um, responding to the competition. And Davis played a few games, but he wasn't the first choice. And he looked steady. And, and Trippier, I don't think he's been poor, but I don't think he's set the world light either. I think... No, he hasn't. He hasn't. I mean, I will say he recovered well after giving away the penalty the other week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if he reminds me of like a Justin Timberlake potato head, <laughs> actually to look at. But um, no. But then again, you can also could say on on Wednesday he was playing next to Fazio, so <laughs> you got to give him a chance, a little bit of a leeway there too. But he yeah. was a bit dodgy position-wise, I'd say, on Wednesday night. But not absolute shower of shit either. No. And and I think it, it's good when you've got a... You know, Trippier is a decent player. Burnley, it's, it's, got, it's good that we've got those options in the squad. And particularly with the back line, um, with, with back four, you can't necessarily... I know Alderweire's just slotted him straight away, but that can be difficult for defenders to to do that and if you slowly bed him into the team um that, that I think in 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 the long term that that's probably it's better to do that um, yeah it's slightly different for Toby because he's got his mate playing next to him yeah yeah which whether that was or wasn't a reason for Toby coming to join us I don't know but it must be easier to settle in when you know what is what you're playing with well it's a, it's a confidence situation for the defence and the team's defenders as well you know they're confident in themselves and in each other yeah so it should spread um a word on harry kane he's finally got his first goal for us this season um i'm frankly just glad that he's got the monkey off his back because it's just it was just getting a bit tedious listening to people saying you know he's he's not on form and this that and the other he's got confidence can't you know He's done it now. He doesn't need to now try hard and prove. And he's just he's done it, and hopefully he can um, do it again. Do it again. And it's only September. <laughs> you know, his season started last year in November. So um, hopefully well, he's, he's a stri- he's a striker. So he's going to, especially with that start to his career, he's always going to be expected to score. Mm. You know, he, he's going to, and I don't think he's been. He's he's made some bad decisions lately I'll give him that I mean there's been two or three occasions where he's pissed me off one of them being a day where he could have passed and he's dragged a shot at goal yeah but that's just because he's so because he knows that he's the main man and the pressure has very much been on him and I think it will ease off now now he'll start maybe just to feel a little bit more relaxed when he's playing and he needed that goal I think for himself doesn't matter what Koch says the longer it went on without him scoring the worse it would be. Yeah, I'll, I'll give I'll give you that. I mean, he he hasn't played badly in any game either, you know. And it's one of those things. As long as the chances keep coming, he's going to start banging them in. Hopefully now. Um, yeah. first half, I seem to recall Larice making a few good saves. Um, I can't remember if that was today <laughs> or another day. I've, I've got some recollection. I think I so. Um, uh, I think um, he did. He need, he need, we need to give him a mention as well, obviously, because um, you know I I don't know what what was the fa- there was a famous quote from Brian Brian Clough in, from the late seventies um, about how many points um, when they won the 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 title and how many points Peter Shilton won them that season. Um, and I'd I'd like to know over the course of a season how many times Hugo has saved us. Um, not enough. Yeah. Well, maybe not enough, but <laughs> but he's certainly he's a vital cog and part yeah, of that team. And you don't often see, you don't often watch and think he had a shocker of a day. You know he does no. okay. He's competent. Very rarely have I thought really you should have got to that. So, you know... He can improve on his kicking. Yeah, definitely his kicking. Take your boots but... next week, Jav. <laughs> Show him how it's done. I'll, I'll, I'll do oh. that. <laughs> he has... Um, the thing is, as well, is a lot of what he's had to deal with this year, because we've had a solid defensive line, has been shots from the edge of the area. You know, so he's got a little bit more time to do his thing, and that's where he's a brilliant keeper, is... 
you know, sh- being a shot stopper, and it was, it was a shot from Sterling today. He made a really good save to his right and kept it out, full stretch. That was pretty much pivotal for me. So yeah, he had a good game, and like I say, the defence are keeping his involvement down to a minimum too, which can only help. Yeah, absolutely, because for me, that's what they're there to protect him. And let's be honest, he's been he's been stranded a few times in the past. Yeah, but they should be there to protect him. Yep. Um. All right. Today, look, today was a, was a good performance, good results against a top, a, you know, a top side. Um, City for me this season um, have been the strongest team. Um, I know they lost West Ham last week, and now they've lost to us. But certainly up until that point, they they haven't conceded any goals. I don't know why Joe Hart wasn't in the team today or, or company. He had a um, back injury, and company was ill just before kickoff. Okay. They've been shaking hands. Well, company must have been shaking hands with me if he was ill. Um, uh, that is the rumour. <laughs> well, I like I like to do my bit, you know, pass on pass on my germs and pass on my colds. Um, but the, you know, we've done it against a good team. Obviously, we don't want to get carried away. But that's like I said earlier: three wins on the trot, three clean sheets out of four. Um, and in a season where nobody's really, like I said, apart from City, really, um, I don't know, shown the head or shoulders above the rest. Certainly, everybody seems to be vulnerable. Um, there's been lots of freakish results. Yet we're we're making steady pro- progress. We've only lost once in the league this season on the opening day, which it was a game we shouldn't have lost. Um, City have lost more matches than us. Um, I read a stat somewhere. I don't know if it's true. I'll have to double check. But I think they've conceded more goals than us this season, possibly. Yeah, um, our um, our uh, goal difference has got nosebleed at the moment. I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, very good. Um, you know, and we've got well, we'll we'll look at Swansea a bit, a bit later in the pod, but we've got Swansea um, away next, and, and Liverpool at home, and um. We've made a solid, a solid and steady start, and um, I know I go back to the summer months. You, um, Mark, it's interesting. You mentioned all our signings being really good, and I go back to, to, to a few months ago, and everybody being very nervous and anxious about the fact that we haven't signed a striker and criticising Levy and whatnot. But we've been quite shrewd in the transfer market. We haven't done what we did two years ago and buy seven players that. Was supposed to be the best thing since sliced bread, and um, I think only two of those, two or three of those players, are still at the club. Uh, well, Erickson, Erickson, Chadley, and Lamella. Um, we've been quite shrewd. We've 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 got Alderweireld, which was a really good signing. Obviously, Trippier. Um, that any of you consider the previous v- v- Wimmer as well, who looked really good. I thought both in the Europa tie and against Arsenal. And you consider the. Um, signing of Davis last year and Vorm and you need to have a backup obviously to um to Larice. We're starting to we're starting to look really good solid at the back. Um that hasn't happened overnight but you know, over the course of last season and this. And now we're starting to um to to you know the signing of um uh, Sun and Niji looks to have given us some more firepower up front and then coupled with that you've got obviously all the young players that are emerging through the team and and some of the signings from a few seasons ago starting to um, do it on a consistent basis hopefully um, the future really does look um, bright for us yeah I think the next test for us probably will be you know it, how we if and when we lose you know how we how we react to that you know it's the mental strength of the team. So, but um, it's definitely looking better. We're looking stronger. We're looking more confident. Squad looks fantastic. I don't can't see us buying too many players, to be quite honest, unless we have people leave because 
we've got options all over the pitch and people that can move in and cover different spots as well. I'd, I'd still like us to buy a, touch upon this on the last pod, a, a, a recognised centre forward, somebody that can hold the line up um, as backup to Harry yeah. or, as com- or as competition. Um, yeah, but, but it's, it's got to know, be the right player. But you don't know what Poch has in mind. Because this time last year, we would never have foreseen Dyer being where he is and how good he is. <laughs> Get down, Shep. <laughs> what was that? Yeah, um, I mean, you can't. You can say that, so you're right. I mean, maybe, maybe Davies is going to go up front next season. <laughs> well, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. Well supported. Right, we we couldn't. Um, I don't want to dwell on Wednesday, but it happened, and um, we had a few questions. I'm just going to jump to these questions straight away um, because they're related to Wednesday night and, and the game against Woolwich. Oh, the first thing I should add about um, the Arsenal game, I was there with um, Mary Mary Mawson, who's he's been on the podcast a few times, and um, we were watching the game. We, we were right up next to, well, it was just stewards and police separating us from the Arsenal fans. Um, Probably just as well for the Probably Arsenal fans. Probably just as well. Mary, Mary can Mary be quite vicious. Mary was going to kill them. Yeah, yes. yeah. I had to hold her back a few times. Um, <laughs> Sorry, Mazza. Aside from the result and the disappointment of the result, which actually, you know what? I, I can stomach that because that's going to happen. Over the course of my lifetime, It's I've seen us lose to Arsenal. It's it's horrible. It's bitter. Bitter feeling. Um, it's not going to be the first time. It won't be the last time. Um you know, you get over it, you move on. The thing that really upset me, that really made my blood boil, was right at the end of the game when the um, the hoardings um, going all the way around the stadium that say Tadaris to do and Tottenham Hotspur and all of that were being in front of our eyes, torn up by Arsenal fans um, and thrown down and broken up, and it just it really, really made me angry. And the police did absolutely nothing. I suppose maybe they didn't want to aggravate the situation, um, but um, from what I've read, um, I understand. I believe that both Tottenham Hotspur and Arsenal are working together with the police to identify um, the idiots who who did that, and hopefully they'll get banning orders. Um, <sighs> yeah, that would be nice. That certainly would be nice. Um, I wouldn't give them banning orders. I, I would do far worse to them. But there you go. Um, bring back the birch. Right. Um, so we had three questions. Um, Brian Campbell, all sort of related, Brian Campbell says, um, is it acceptable for a manager to put out anything other than our best 11 in the North London derby? Kent Goodrich, follow-up to that, says, was Poch right or wrong to field a weakened team against the scum? Given the rivalry, shouldn't shouldn't a winnable home game against, against them dictate a strong team no matter what happens in the following match or does pragmatism trump passion and finally um, Atul Tomar who was on the podcast last week his Twitter handle is at 80 underscore Spurs he says is Vaughn good enough to be our backup goalkeeper he always seems to have a mistake in him these days again that's a follow up from last week last Wednesday Mark was, was Poch vindicated by leaving some of the players out on Wednesday, with the result today, um, would it have did or and and did leaving out certain players in the middle of the week did that cost us against Arsenal? Um, it's one of those things. It's a it's a who knows situation, really. Um, for me, nobody nobody wants to lose to Arsenal. No one, whether it's in you know a small com any competition, nobody wants that. And I think more than anything with this, for me, it's just it's a case of accepting or not accepting it. And we had these arguments last season in cup games with the teams Poch was putting out. And really and truly, we all should have sort of known what he was going to do because that's what he does. I mean, I'll be honest, I was surprised when Loris played in the European game the other week I was expecting Vaughan. So I think I think it's warranted that people are upset with the lineup, but for me it's sort of it's I accept it that that's gonna happen at the end of the day. And as for Vaughan, it's getting a bit 
dodgy now, I think. I mean, he's made fair few mistakes when he does come in. Maybe he's the kind of keeper that needs to play regularly. Maybe, for me, I've said it before, I think maybe, maybe it's time to start giving a young goalkeeper a chance. We're doing it all across the rest of the pitch, so why yeah. not goalkeeper too? No, that's a good point. I think with a goalkeeper, it's difficult because you're only going to get so many chances. Vaughan was number one at Swansea, and maybe, like you say, he needs to be playing on a regular basis. The trouble is, if you get a quality goalkeeper in in, in the Lloris mould, well, they're not going to... Um, or, or a, you know, a half-decent backup to Lloris, they're not going to accept be on the bench so you're going to have a bit of a problem there and, and equally you know a bit, a bit like Vaughan they might need to run out so perhaps a, a young goalkeeper is is the way forward particularly as you know a young goalkeeper might be a bit more patient and they might have less of an ego and they might buy, buy their time and if they, if they do well then who knows as and when if ever hopefully it will never happen but if Larice ever did leave us then if we had a young goalkeeper waiting in the wings um, in the long I term, think, they might replace I think, him. I think, I think Loris is so coveted by our fans that you could put De Gea in there and it, people would be upset at times, mm, you know? Yeah. It, it wouldn't matter. But then even so, you could say that putting a young goalkeeper in could be worrying too because they could just have a complete mare and screw their career and never get their confidence back. So... Who knows? I mean, look at Caballero today. He didn't exactly cover himself in glory either. So mm. must be tough for goalies. You're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. I think Vaughan needs to play. Um, maybe he needs to play more often. I was also surprised not to see him in the Europa League. Because for me, that would have been the ideal place to play him. Keep Hugo for the Premier League, where we know he's much more valued. As for the game on Wednesday, meh. It's, it's never nice. But I'd rather have won today than one on Wednesday. Um, all, all on, on Wednesday, all I say is that with the team that we field, fielded, um, apart from Fazio, who I wouldn't... I've said this before. I said it basically since um, New Year's Day against Chelsea. I've been saying this on a consistent basis. He gives away the ball too much. His distribution is poor. Um, he loses the ball. He looks shaky. That's going to affect the players around him and the goalkeeper. And he did that on countless occasions against um, against Woolwich on on Wednesday. And I wouldn't have had him anywhere near the starting lineup. But aside from that, I thought the rest of the team was fairly strong. Vorm, okay. Trippier, you got Rose. Um, I thought that um, Kevin Wimmer looked really good. Um, he looks very composed on the ball. Um, he's left-footed. Maybe. Maybe he's he's going to be our our Vertonghen in a few years from now. Um, he looked really really good. Um, and then you look at the rest of the team. It was still a strong lineup. You had Harry Kane up front. Eriksen started. Chadley. I can't remember who else was at Townsend. I think Townsend started as well. Um, yep. And centre of the park, you had Dyer and Carroll. Um, so it was still to me a really strong team that should have um, that should have beaten Arsenal. I thought one all. We it was our it was ours for the taking, and I didn't think they were that good. But you know, we we lost it, and I think it's convenient for people afterwards to say, "Oh well, you know, Pot shouldn't have." Um, but uh, some of those same people, if we'd won that game and we'd lost today against City, they would have been yeah. saying, "Well, you know, he's too tired or whatever, or so so and so should have been rested, and and or so and so shouldn't have played because they picked up an injury, and we could have done with them against City." So. I'd, I thought it was a fairly strong team. Um, on the Vaughan thing, yeah, um, I, I like the idea that Mark suggested. I think a, a young goalkeeper would be... Um, his name escapes me. Um, I, McGee. Uh, McGee, yeah. I, I, I saw him in a youth game last year. Um, he looked, he looks good. and it'd be nice if he gets a run out. Um, Vaughan, uh, not too surprised that he started with that um, middle of the week. Um, Poch did that pretty much all the last season bar the final against Chelsea so you know if you don't pick if you don't pick Vorm and Lloris gets injured and you throw Vorm from the cold exactly then it'll be a a lot worse yeah Um, just before we move on to um, 
looking at the Swansea game and the forward line, um, just a couple of things. Um, on the last podcast, um, I said that the last time that we beat um, City at home was five years ago when Mark Hughes was manager. Um, I realised yesterday um, that I was wrong about that. I'd completely forgotten when we beat them under AVB um, 3-1 at the lane in April of 2013. Um, and then just coming full circle to what I said at the beginning of the pod, um, and I'll be very very brief with this, but um, as some listeners may know, um, I've got this long-standing um, battle with um, the club to get bagels reinstated in the South Lower, and um, lo and behold, they had them in the South Lower to today, even though Jake from Customer Services said that they wouldn't be having them anymore because apparently quote nobody wanted to buy them in the south lower so they had to throw a whole load away a whole load away so jake fuck you and um thank you thank you katrina law from the supporters trust i don't know if she did anything or she weaved her magic but um it was a pleasant surprise um they had gherkins in the middle of them which i'm not quite used to in a bagel in a smoked salmon bagel but it tasted lovely so thank you jake right. put that gherkin in <laughs> Jake put that jerk in. Yeah, just yeah. to say if you back. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. Um second half of the podcast we'll um we'll look at the Swansea game and Bex will look at Spurs ladies and we'll do some questions. Um but before we do, here's Elliot Lyon with this week's forward line. This is the forward line on the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast with me, Elliot Lyon, looking forward to the Europa League game against Monaco on October the 1st and also the Premier League game against Swansea on October the 4th. Monaco are arguably our toughest test in Group J and getting a result away from home will be difficult. I rate the likelihood of us scoring as a steady 55% of us scoring more than once as only 16% and of us keeping a clean sheet as a modest 31%. The most likely scorelines are a 1-0 defeat, a 1-1 draw, a 1-0 win a 2-0 defeat. Overall, I have 26% for a Spurs win, 29% for a draw, 45% for a Monaco win. On to Swansea on Sunday. In this fixture last season, we won 2-1 with goals from Kane and Eriksen. In fact, we've beaten Swansea in each of our last seven meetings. However, Swansea have started reasonably well and have seven points from a possible nine so far at home this season. And I see Swansea as favourites going into the game. I rate the likelihood of us scoring as a respectable 59% and of us scoring more than once as 22%. And of us keeping a clean sheet as a modest 34%. The most likely scorelines are a 1-0 defeat, a 1-1 draw, a 1-0 win and a 0-0 draw. Overall I have 31% for a Spurs win, 30% for a draw and 39% for a Swansea win. This has been the forward line me, Elliot Lyon. Come on, you Right, welcome back to the second half of the Tottenham Hotspur family podcast. Thank you, Elliot. Right, Thanks, so Elliot. T- turning to that game, um, Swansea next Sunday. Let me start, let's, let's, let's do some predictions. Let me start with Mark. Um, I'm saying a 2-1 win to us. I'm not a, I'm not a huge... Uh, Swansea fan I know they can be great on their day but they're also really weak in the air at the back susceptible to heady goals and as good as they can be their squad isn't that great and we're confident at the moment they're um, they're losing through one at the moment Um, on Swansea I should add since they've been promoted to the Premier League they've never uh, I'm probably gonna be um, eat my words, but I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure they've never beaten us, and we've got a very good record against them home and away. I think we've won all our home matches, and I'm pretty sure we've won all of our away matches against them bar one. Um, when Redknapp was manager, I think we drew one all, um, so we've got a very good result against against a uh, very good. Um, record against them. The thing about Swansea is they, they play open football. They're another one of these who won't sit back and they certainly won't do that at home. So I think that suits us. Um, I'm going to predict 2-1 as well. Bex? 3-2. 3-2. Okay. 3-1 um, down at the moment. 3-1 down at the moment. Then. Okay, and the very 
always missed by some sections of Spurs fans. Gilfie Sigurdsson has just scored a penalty. So, you know, good to see what they can do to pull it back at St Mary's. We've got one game before that as well, I, f- I forgot, um, which is Monaco, of course, um, yes. on Thursday away. So we've established that they're a band. Um, and, um, but one apart hit from wonder. that, one hit wonder, bloody good song, I remember it. But, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And, and um, oh, God, I forgot his name, um, the, the, the guy from Joy Division, New Order bassist, Peter Hook, I think he was... Yeah, part of part of Monaco. But as for the football team, um, so we got them on Thursday in the Principality in Monaco. Um, I think Larice is going to start if we if we go by the last game and also I think last year in the Europa. Um, I don't know how many of the other players will start. Well, um, Monaco are a bit different from Carabag, aren't they? Yeah. In all fairness, you're expecting a proper football team. You're expecting them to turn up, not just for the first kind of twenty minutes or so, but they will be a much. It will be a much different game. Oh, I would. Ta- I would quite happily take a draw, to be honest, because. Because um, they drew their first match, didn't they, with Anderlecht? I believe so. So we're yeah. top of the group at the moment. We're top of the group. A, you know, a draw away from home is perfectly yeah. respectable. If we get anything more, great. Um, but. Um, I'm more... that's, that's how you do it in Europe. You look to win your own games and not lose away. Yeah. So I'm going to say one all. Bex? Yeah, I'll go with a one all. Okay, Mark? Um, it's a tough one. I mean, I haven't seen them. I know they lost that. Condogbia, who was their defensive midfield giant last year but I'm going to say a nil-nil just because I don't want to be negative but it's going to be one of our toughest games of the season so far Okay, right before we do questions um, Bex um, you've been looking at the Spurs ladies once again for us thank you for for doing that so um, what's your update for us for this week So I had a little bit of a rant last week that I went on the website and I couldn't find anything out about the ladies so I emailed the club because that's the kind of do- thing you do when you're in full rant mode. Um, and they were taking the website down to update bits. So I obviously just caught the website at a bad moment. So I've had a look again and all the information is there, exactly as you would expect to see. Player profiles um, and other information. And what I just wanted to say this week is that the coach is a guy by the name of Juan Amoros, who, strangely enough, is Spanish. And apologies to any Spanish speakers that can speak Spanish better than I can. So he's the coach. He's been at Spurs for the last four years. Um, Seems to be doing okay with the ladies' team. So just to let you know some of the names, the keeper is a lady by the name of Tony Ann Wayne. She's our first choice keeper. She plays every game, like it or not. I'm not going to tell you how old she is because it just makes me feel very old indeed. Um, Is Is she older than me or younger than me? Well, this is advanced maths, isn't it? She's younger than you, Jav. Oh, okay. Everybody's starting to get younger than me. Yeah, you're getting to that age. So um, she's been at Spurs since last summer. Does okay. Turns up every game. Not a problem. She is our number one keeper. Okay. We... <laughs> I'm glad she turns up. <laughs> <laughs> um, she. So we won 5-0 in the week. Uh, sorry, last weekend, which is always nice. A real kick in. And then they play again tomorrow. They play Basildon at Canby Island. It's the first time we've played them because Can- see, Basildon have just been promoted. So hopefully another good result for them this week. Okay, great. Thank you, Bex. Right, so questions. Um, so Andrew Pelling asks, um, Mark, you're, you're obviously uh, first time on the podcast, so I'm going to... Andrew Pelling, Pelling asks, how did you get bitten by the top bug? Okay, that's, that's a good question. Um, well, I think somebody was on the other week that was sort of in the same situation as me, which is, you know, all my family are, are Arsenal. My late dad, my brother, they're all Arsenal. And I liked football, you know, probably around six or seven years old. I was into football, but didn't really, I never really took you know got the arsenal bug or any team really and then it was pretty much just a christmas gift my uh one of my uncles 
um, was a Tottenham fan, um, and they decided to buy me a Tottenham mug for Christmas, and it was just a generic one that just had a crowd on it, blue and white, and said, come on, you Tottenham. It wasn't special because my brother got an Arsenal one, which was exactly the same font and picture, just red and white, and said Arsenal instead of Tottenham, but it was a combination of getting that mug and uh, a kid on the block that moved in, became my best friend at the time, and he supported Tottenham. And, you know, my, my uncle and aunt generally bought us brute gift sets every year for Christmas, and for some reason they decided to get us <laughs> mugs that year, and it started from there, and it was just in time for the the 81 Cup win, and it just grew, and now I'm fully diseased. <laughs> <laughs> Speak for yourself. And, you know, I'll give, I will give credit to my late dad because he never gave me shit over it at all. He totally let it be my own decision. And, you know, it, what, not unlike some people that might make their kids, you know, or try and force their kids, he was fine. And it was okay with me supporting Tottenham. And the next Christmas I got a, a snide football kit with an iron, iron on Tottenham crest in the middle, so... So, were you the black sheep in the family? Yep, the only one. <laughs> um, it's interesting what you said about you know your, your late father being an Arsenal fan and and, and not um, imposing the team that he supported on on you. Um, you know, it, we get that a lot of uh, there's lots of cases where um, children will. So it's one thing I suppose following a football team because your father or your grandfather followed that team, but sometimes it's forced upon you. Um, I don't know if you've got children or, 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 or not, but would you and and would you um, bring them up as yet? Or I've got I've got um, boys, and none of them are remotely interested in football. I'm like oh. the unluckiest bloke in the world. I moved <laughs> to California, where nobody really likes football, or anybody that does like it hasn't got a bloody clue what they're talking about. So they frustrate the shit out of me. And then I've got two Brazilian brother-in-law, no, three Brazilian brother-in-laws, but they're ex-brother-in-laws now, but um, none of them are interested in football either. And that's, it's pretty amazing how I managed to find, like, nobody around me that likes football. So it's just me, generally. <laughs> okay, so um, we talked about, well, so... Bex did the um, update on Spurs la- ladies and and, and um, women. Um, there seems to be a lot more, and obviously had the women's World Cup back in the summer, and there seems to be a lot more interest in in, in women's football and the women's game, and obviously a lot lots more. Not just you know, over, I suppose, over the course of maybe twenty five years, there are more and more women going to football, and and which which is good. Um, Sorry, Jav, just Sorry. You just reminded me. So England ladies played the first of their um, World Cup qualifiers. Sorry, the European qualifiers um, midweek in that well-known football hotbed of Estonia, where they thrashed them eight nil. And Mark Sampson, the England manager, said afterwards, "We didn't try as hard as we could have done," which I think is a pretty brave thing to say. I can't imagine Roy Hodgson saying that. You know, after no, they've successfully beaten San Marino, can't imagine saying you didn't try that hard. Yeah, but it's it's it must be a pretty big come down to come from Basildon to Estonia. You know, <laughs> don't be like that. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that he's still pushing his team. He's saying, "Yeah, all right, you might have scored eight, but there's still things that you're missing." But that's you know, by the by, it just amused the the contrast between the two styles of football is still there. Um, great. Okay, so just on, on, on the women's thing, I was going to say that obviously it's um, it, it, it's a big thing and, and, and you mentioned the England, England ladies. Um, and with that, obviously, in this day and age of social media and Facebook groups, um, Carol Hayward asks, are women's opinions on football, particularly on Facebook groups, respected or belittled? So what do you guys think? 
I don't think there are some places in particular where as a woman anything I say is just instantly met with a very out offhand dismissive response um, and we all know who what those groups are yeah but the Facebook group that we have running at the moment we don't tend to get that certainly not from anybody that knows the girls personally I don't know one of you guys that's brave enough to say it and expect to meet up and expect to live through it Mark? Um, I mean obviously Bex has got more of a would have more of an opinion about it than me or more experience than me but yeah, I I agree with what she's saying about the other groups but I will say that Generally, for me, I think I think there are times where the ladies can be a little bit paranoid about that. Yeah. On occasions, and it's not, it's not, um, a, it's just everybody, everybody on any group has got an opinion, and they're going to voice it. And if they disagree, they're going to disagree. It's not necessarily because of you know, it's not anything else in it. No, it's sometimes you know, the but, manner of disagreeing. Right. It's sometimes but, behavior that they wouldn't, or comments that they wouldn't make to another bloke. Right. I, my, yeah, I, I can see that, but I will, you know, for me, I don't, I don't care. I, it's refreshing, I think. Mm. To and there, there are a lot of women on these boards that their comments have sort of demanded respect because they know what they're talking about. So it, it can only be a good thing. And like I, I say, that, I don't, I don't care. I think that, that's what it boils down, boils down to, what you just said. It, they know what they're talking about. I think with anyone, but we've all got opinions um, about football. I, I, at the game today, um, I met Paul Esau again, who, who, was, who I met at the, um, at the Palace game last week, um, who famously dressed as a nun <laughs> when we played Everton. And Paul was giving his opinion, and then as he sort of said, in a, as you do, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I normally save that to, for the first day. Stop. But, there you go. For first dates. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what was Paul saying? No, Paul gave his opinion on, on, on something about the game and how he played in the first half. And, and then he said, oh, well, what do I know? And, you know, in a sort of tongue-in-cheek way. And, well, what I said to him was, well, you know just as much and just as little as everybody else in this strand, okay? We've all got different opinions, Um that's fine. We're not always going to pre- agree on everything. You know, um, Greg Taylor, who's been on the podcast a few times, and Aaron Wolf, they're big Lamella fans. And I've been quite critical and critical of him in the, the last few weeks. But, you know, we have a healthy debate over that. Um, I don't care whether it's a, a, a man or a woman. Um, if they know what they're talking about, even if I don't agree with it, and they can argue their case and they're quite articulate, then... I don't care. It's when they don't know about something that then they leave themselves open to criticism. I think with women, and this is just, and I'm speaking as a man, I think, yes, there are obviously certain groups and that Facebook groups are out, out there that are full of morons, but that's just the nature of those groups. They're, they're full of morons per se. Um, and and um, and on Twitter, of course, you, you get lots of idiots and so forth. Um, but I think in the main, I think that for instance, the Tottenham Hotspur family Facebook group, which <coughs> this podcast grew out of, um, there are lots of women in that group, and um, there isn't any sexism, and 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 people are allowed their opinion, and and they're respected, and so forth. I do think, however, certain women. So, for instance, Bex, just to use you as an example, you're quite confident. So, I get, I never get the impression that you're paranoid or worried about what other people say or um, think. Yes. Or think, okay? You just say it. And there are other people as well, Mary, for instance. Um, but, you know, you, you sometimes get some women, and it's not, I, mean, I don't mean this as a criticism of them, but because it's there's always... It's a predominantly always, male environment. And it's sometimes, a predominantly male environment, yeah. yeah. And you've got to maybe try that bit harder or feel that you have to, and then sometimes you can get a bit paranoid. And that's just human nature. I think if you're confident and if you express that confidence then I think also men sort of take notice and like, oh, hold on, she knows what he's talking about or he knows what he's talking about. So I think that's what it comes down to. And of course, also being in a 
if you're in a good group with with like-minded people and and intelligent people from different walks of life then, then it's fine if you're in a group full of morons and um neanderthals or, or, fuck or twitter mm-hmm. fuckwits yeah that's a good one or or on twitter which is i have to say full of lots of um backward people um <laughs> then you know you, you're gonna get um unsavory comments well, no, uh, matter, no, matter, no matter who you are, give, if you're going to give your opinion, get, expect to get an opinion back. Absolutely. That's the nature of the beast. But yeah, I mean, more more women. It, I mean, I don't even read who's made... I probably read the name who's made the comment second. But like mm. I say, we've got some pretty intelligent women in the group anyway that have got plenty of good things to say. Valid points. Just as many as men. Uh, absolutely, and and going back to the, the the group, and I mentioned that this podcast almost a year ago, November last year, it it grew out of the Tottenham Hotspur family gr- group. Its origins were okay. We've we've created a Facebook group. Why don't we have our own podcast? Whereas a lot of other Tottenham Hotspur podcasts, the podcast exists, and then they might then create a group afterwards, or or there might be a page promoting the podcast. With this, the podcast grew, grew out of the group. And one of the things that I wanted to do very early on is to have lots of female voices and not just have the same people. Um, I'm not saying that we do that every week, but you know, we had Bex this week. Um, Nikki was uh, on last week. Nikki was on last week. Yeah. Um, the week before. Carol was going to be on, but she couldn't make it. Um, you know, and we've had obviously Mary a few times this season. Um, there are other people um, that we've been approached uh, that have been approached and, and and asked, but that just maybe not. It's not their thing, or, or they're a bit shy, a bit nervous about it. But we've tried to do that. Um, we've tried to reflect the group and the fact that you know women do attend football matches and and they have got an, um uh, a important opinion just just as important as everybody else so um yeah there you go right um a few questions that there's there's quite a lot which unfortunately i'm not going to get to so i'm just gonna um there's three questions i'm going to finish off with so firstly nick seal asks they're all a bit tongue-in-cheek and a bit fun Nick Seal asks if you could only punch one person in the face out of Paul Merson John Terry or Charlie Adams who would get your votes I would God what grab, a really hard I, question I would grab I would add Samir Bitchface Nasri to the occasion mm-hmm. and I would grab Merson by his ankles and swing him round and batter everybody with him oh like Skittles <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, add add Nasri to the party be quite a quite a good thing. That's, yeah. that's a good one. Bex. Um, I think I'd still have to stick with John Terry because I can't think of anybody I actually really hate more than that man. He's vile. If he was dipped yeah. in boiling oil, it's still not enough of a punishment. Um, I would. Okay, so yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I would I would punch John Terry. Um, and Charlie Adam, I would. Kick him in his knee, um, and um, oh, you big bully! If you apply a lot of force, then you you know you could do some damage there and break his ligaments. And then once he's down, I'd carry on kicking him. <laughs> Paul Merson, I just Paul Merson, I just point at him and just laugh. I just laugh because he's just. Uh, I like I love Paul Merson's predictions. Because they're always so fucking wildly wrong. And invariably, when he says, oh, Spurs are going to get spanked, a la today, then he just makes a twat of himself. So let's leave him be, because he's humiliating himself all the oh, time. No, no, he, we no, can't, he we can't improve on that. No, he, he needs a slap, like an open-hand slap, a really big one, and then just when he recovers, another one. And then I don't even know whether I'd want to stop. <laughs> You've been thinking about this for a while. Yeah, I mean, who doesn't think about it every time they see his, his former coke fiend face? No. Okay, so final final two questions. Kent Goodrich asks, if you were forced, which current Splurse player would you get a tattoo off and where would you put it? How, how how big would the force be? <laughs> force you have to be best mates with Paul Merson. 
Um, oh, God. Yeah, see, now you're thinking, aren't you? What would a good tat look like? Um, mm. All right, while you think about that, I'll just quickly give you a bit more thinking time. I, I'm not a fan of tattoos, um, but if I had to get one, then, and it was something Spurs related, I know Kent is a Spurs player, but I wouldn't go for a player. If it had to be something Spurs related, I would either go for the the um the cock crawl so I'd have, I'd have a cock on my leg maybe chocolate chocolate or um it's always or the first probably time. probably <laughs> <laughs> well i've always wanted to know what no um i would probably something a bit more subtle like to dare us to do um and it 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 either be on my on my arm or on my leg um but that's it but it would be little writing and that's that's it but i'm not i'm not a fan of tattoos and i certainly wouldn't well i wouldn't go for a player i don't, I don't see the point because that player is going to leave and it's got to be something that's forever spurs so today is to do for instance or or the s vaccare or, or, or cockerel would be something which but the question um, would be more appropriate the question, but that's not the question, question yeah yeah but yeah, fuck the, the question, question and fuck Kent Goodrich make a decision no well I, I I've answered the question the way that I want to answer it and, <laughs> oh I and, didn't realise that was the game <laughs> well you could be creative and answer the question yes, in the way that I've answered it yes playing nicely and so I, don't, mm. I still don't know by the way because okay. people tattoos I think just look wrong so it's not really my thing like you I'm seriously considering because I do like tats seriously considering a new one and it will be a Spurs related one it's just a question of what and where Mark um, it's a tough one I mean if I did it I would probably wouldn't get their face I'd probably get like the back of their shirt or their name and their number or something like that I mean I don't have a current favourite player. My favourite player over the last 10 years is Lennon. Glenn Hoddle. Sorry, sorry? It was Lennon, Lennon over the last 10 years, probably. I was a big fan of Lennon. Loved Lennon. Wished he was still here. But as for now, there's a few that could be my next favourite player. And I'd say probably Dyer or Toby are in pole position for that right now. And Toby is just, oh man, when he makes some of those sweet passes... He's just fantastic to watch. Love seeing him. Love seeing him on the ball. And and it was so. nice. It was nice that he probably should have said it at the start, but it was nice that he got on the score sheet finally today, which was good. Um, well, both of our defensive linchpins got on the score sheet. Yeah, well deserved. And obviously Lamella, Lamella as well, and as well as Kane. And um, I thought Vertonghen had a really good game, by the way. Um, he looked really composed on the ball. Um, okay, and final prep. Sorry. And Walker, and Walker was good today yeah, up against yeah. Sterling. Got to give it up Absolutely. to him. Sterling yeah. was really quiet, actually. I thought. Oh, it was it was a joy watching Sterling because all he, that he, money and fuck yeah. all from it. Absolutely, there was lots of what a waste of money. Right, final question. Now, I'm not going to say I'm not going to read the person's name in full, and you'll understand why. So, a gentleman called Barry, who's a postman by profession says an Arsenal acquaintance has sent him this and to describe it it's basically um, a DVD a sort of mocked up thing and it just says when Harry scored when Harry almost scored that scissor kick in full because obviously he had a, had a chance a scissor kick against Arsenal uh, on Wednesday narrated by Mickey Hazard so it's obviously a piss take of Harry so yeah an Arsenal acquaintance sent, sent him this and Barry's a postman and he says, should I ship through his letterbox and kick his cat while I'm delivering the post to him? So um, I think that why stop at just shitting through his letterbox? I was shit and piss um, as well. Um, um, and as for his cat, I, don't, well, I can't really advocate cruelty to animals, can we? But um, yeah, yeah. I, would, I would play the long game and I would just uh, credit card any mail for him through my arse crack every day for as whenever I remember, never I got time. Signing things up on his behalf, so he's got lots of mail. Mm-hmm. From from lots of places where he really doesn't want mail from, like, you know, 
uh, catalogues and such. Yeah. <laughs> better wear. Particular catalogues, you mean? Yeah, better wear. Yeah, oh, yeah. Shit yeah. that gets put through your letterbox. Saving up the whole streets, um, Indian takeaway menus or whatever else it is, you know, whatever the free thing is that the Royal Mail are contracted to deliver. Author is letterbox. Fuck slugs. Perplexed, <laughs> 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 right? Okay. <laughs> and on that note, um, thank you, Mark, for making your debut. Um, thank you, Bex, um, as ever. Um, the future's bright. The future's Lily White. Good night. in the dirt. Now gather around and sing it out and we'll talk out all the hurt.